Hello, everyone. So we're here back for episode four of our uh, podcast, uh, back with Vijay, Vishwas, Neeraj, and me, Shashi, as the host today. Uh, we're going to start today with a brief introduction to Vijay, and then we're going to talk about the whole issue of sports in India and sports within the diaspora. But before we get to our main topic, uh, let me ask Vijay just to give a brief introduction about your life and your career and what you've been up to, Vijay. Thanks, Shashi. So... As all of you know, I'm originally from a place called Palakkad in the state of Kerala, uh, but I never got to live there. My dad was in the Indian Army, and we moved every two to three years to a new place. So I've lived in Assam, Maharashtra, Madhya Pradesh, and Jammu and Kashmir before we moved to Delhi, where I completed high school. I got my bachelor's at IIT Kharagpur, like all of you, and then came to the U.S. to get a master's and PhD. I went to the University of Delaware here. And then went on to have a pretty exciting and productive career building all sorts of cool products and working with people all across the world. Uh, so now I'm married, have two kids who are both going to be in high school this fall. I also have a dog and a cat. And that's really my story in a nutshell. So Vijay, tell me, you know, you used to be a very studious and diligent sort of uh, character when you were back in uh, Kharagpur. Has that stayed with you through your career as well? Yeah, so I've always had a joy for uh, learning, continuous learning and reading. So that has stayed. Uh, I think uh, education and generally I was more on the academic side of the house. But I have over the years also learned to experiment and try out new things. Uh, you know, something that we can probably talk about in one of the episodes. Uh, and of late, since I left my corporate job about two and a half years ago, I've been exploring a lot on the entrepreneurial side while continuing to grow my knowledge in some of my core disciplines. So that is something that has been new for me since I got into grad school and beyond. The whole idea of uh, exploring, experimenting, trying new things, and just branching out beyond sort of where we got our, our uh, fundamental you know, bachelor's degree and stuff like that, going and doing more. That's wonderful, Vijay. And I think I'll add two things to that, which is uh, one is that I think we all remember you for having the most beautiful handwriting ever. And the second is that Vijay was the most fresh-faced, uh, young-looking character in our batch and was always known as the kid as, as a result of that. And I have to say, 30 years later, you still look like a very much a fresh-faced character compared to most of us. Wonderful. Uh, that's great to hear, uh, Vijay. And let's move on to our main topic here. So we've just had the conclusion of the Commonwealth Games, where India did really well. Uh, in general, India is doing much better at sports. Um, I think one of the questions for us is how do we in the diaspora look at sports? You know, how do we connect to sports ourselves? <clears throat> how is sports for us compared to, you know, um, you know what we experienced in our childhood compared to what we're seeing with our children? Um, let me start that topic off and ask, um, ask Vijay, you first. What do you think about, you know, what's happened with sports in general um, and how we look at that in the diaspora? Yeah, so I think the experience that we had in our childhood in sports is probably quite different from what uh, our kids are experiencing now. My high school experience, even my you know ch childhood years, uh, sports was, at least in school, it was, here's the football, go play, right? And we used to uh, be wearing our formal clothes, leather shoes. We would go out in the field and we'd kick this ball around. After school, and which is where a lot of sports activity happens, uh, here in the U.S. was uh, very unorganized. Uh, I pretty much, I, I would say the sport that I played the most after school was cricket. Things are very different now, now that my kids are growing up here in the U.S. I think the biggest difference is 
probably the importance that the people here place on sports and the amount of time they themselves put in and engage. Uh, as you guys know, my son is in a sport called crew. It's rowing. I never knew anything about crew before we moved to this town. Uh, it's a high school sport. He got into it in his ninth grade. Um, and it has been amazing to see how well organized it is. It's something that is organized by a bunch of parents as volunteers. Uh, there's a lot of fundraising that goes on. Uh, parents come in and spend time every day when the kids are out on practice. I myself got a boating license last year uh, to learn how to drive a motorboat so I could be one of the boats on the water as, as part of the safety crew. Uh, parents who, are, uh, who have boating experience, who are actively coaching the kids, we do have professional staff as coach. But generally, the whole ecosystem is driven by a lot of interest from the parents and everybody is very keen to see their kids do well in sports and that completely changes the way the kids themselves approach the you know the experience they are very driven and motivated my son uh, you know he's very focused on his fitness uh, even during the off season in the summer he's working out in the basement uh, uh, you know on the rowing machine he's doing weights because he's very keen to be ready for the next season and it's very, very different from anything that I did in my childhood or even had that kind of focus. So I think that's those are some of the things I see which are very, very different. And you can see it as the outcome. He's, what, 150, 160 pounds, uh, you know, physically very strong, probably will serve him well through his life. You guys remember how we looked when we went to IIT. We were all pretty scrawny. So I think that those are some of the differences I can point out. Well, I mean, that's wonderful. You know, I mean, things like crew, we had not even heard of this. You know, we occasionally saw this on the TV, but we had not heard of this. There was no ecosystem around these things. Uh, but Neeraj, can I pick on you? I mean, uh, I, I think we all know you as the man with the yacht. I mean, you're allowed to call it a boat, but we're all required to call it a yacht. That's another thing that uh, it's not exactly sporting activity, but it's recreational sports um, that, frankly, we had no exposure to in India. How has that been for you? So let me actually take a step back. When... Uh, I was in high school. I was probably one of the smallest kid, both the height-wise and the weight-wise. But I participated in every sport, volleyball, base, you know, not baseball, sorry, basketball, cricket, and whatever, the, you know, the school, a central school system could throw at us. But I never grew to pick any of those sports beyond recreation. So when I went to college, everybody was bigger, taller, and stronger than I was. So I never got to, again, pick sports in college either, other than I played some volleyball for the hall. Uh, now, coming to U.S., uh, it was more about, hey, let's graduate and get a job. We'll look into sports later. Now, I'm a father. I have kids. My perspective for sport is completely different. I actually miss the fact that I did not get to play sports in India or in college days. So from day one, I've been actually getting my kids to play any sport. I don't care what, any sports. And my son has played a lot of recreational uh, baseball with the town of Wellington where I live. He's played basketball. He's played flag football and all those things. But And my daughter does the cheerleading, competitive cheerleading. So one thing I want to come back to, which is an earlier point. Sports is actually hard work. We don't realize that, but it is a lot and a lot of hard work. And not from the, uh, I'm not talking, you know, as a parent, like where we have to drive them around, buy them stuff. But from even from a player's perspective, 
you need to put in more and more hours. And there are times that some of the kids I know who play sports for, uh, and they want to be professional players in their life. They spend more time playing sports than on their academics. And that's a part of us in Indian that sometimes does not see that. And I think there's, that's definitely had been challenged. And you would notice that even in India's Commonwealth performance or Asia performance, most of the kids that are winning medals are either rural kids or kids that are already, or, you know, youngsters who are already serving in military. So you would see that because for them, they have, I'm not saying in a bad way, but they have luxury to put time in sports more than urban kids who are always deep buried in books. We are seeing urban kids coming out and excelling in games like golf and shooting, but you would clearly see a difference where rural kids in India are excelling in sports versus urban kids. Now, as for my boating experience, uh, it started as a hobby. I moved to Florida 12 years back, 11 years back. I'm not a golfer. I'm not a tennis guy. So when you come to Florida, there's only third activity that's left is water. And picked it up as a hobby for the first two, three years. Just dabbled with it, you know, mildly. But eventually started liking going out on the water as much as I can. And picked up boating as a <laughs> habit. Uh, it is, it's, it's still a small boat. Uh, which it's a rental one. And uh, of course, the job, uh, you know, the joke will stay among us that it's a yacht. <laughs> so, so it's, it's, it's more of a recreation than actually, uh, than anything else. Uh, that's great. Thank, thanks, Mendy. Uh, I think there are three themes coming out of all of this. Uh, there's facilities, there's focus, and there's finance. Um, and I want to come back and explore all of that. But before I do that, Vishwas, what's been your experience? I mean, you've seen uh, both living abroad, but also living in India. You've seen the evolution of people's attitudes to sports. Um, how has it been for you and for your children? So I think growing up in India, we have uh, sort of seen sports as uh, uh, being subordinated to the the academic side. So Sports is fine. It uh, uh, helps with uh, you know the overall development of a person. Uh, provides a very productive recreational activity, but uh, uh, it's it's something that uh, our families have sort of imbued in us that uh, it's it's done at least in a lot of cases that I've seen that it is done on the side and with limits. Uh, but the difference that I've seen in uh, in my uh, years in U.S., where for some time, you know, we were growing up our children as well, is that sports is also education. And, and that gets missed out. Sports as education. Because there is a considerable amount of, as was being mentioned, uh, planning, organization, a community activity, and uh, uh, the and what we have seen, but not mentioned in this call yet, there's a lot of strategizing that happens in some of the sports. There is a very intense level of team activity and participation that that goes in 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 some sports as well. Now, all of that taken together is itself a pretty valuable education that uh, often gets missed out in a place like India because we miss out on organization like the one that uh, Vijay was talking about. So, so that's my, my 
you know high level overview on this shashi shashi actually i want to add that to vishwas point too and uh, you know growing up in our time when the sports we only saw you know few names maybe pt usha melka singh the uh, you know vijay amritraj and very few names were actually icons for us and i think i was uh, in third grade or fourth grade i don't remember exactly when india won the world cup cricket world cup i think that was a probably a turning point in the history of india's sport for good or bad but it is true as we were saying that even in my parents you know he wanted my father wanted me to play sports but it was always subordinate to academics when i started my own family here like in my children I, i wanted to actually make sure that the sports had had the equal weightage at academics and uh, it when it goes back to the earlier point it is still a lot of hard work for the kids you know even if you want to build, build it up professionally or anything you have to do you have to put hours you have to stay away from home and as a sports parent i think most of us would agree the dinner time in us for us is either 4:30 pm or 10:30 pm right because kids are already out between almost 5 to 9 pm so there's definitely a change in attitude that way that hey for for even in india now i've seen that parents are considering sports as not a subordinate but as a parallel so i think neeraj i think this brings us back to the point that i was making about you know things like focus and finances and facilities i mean i think you know in our childhood uh, and i would echo everything that you all of you have said i mean our childhood was dominated by this urge you know you have to do well in studies because that's your route to success and in fact there was a saying in hindi which my father used to say all the time uh, you know padhoge likhoge hoge nawab aur kheloge kudoge hoge barbad which basically means you know you, the route to success is to studies um, and you spend time in playing and it just spoils your life but that was the attitude uh, but you know to my in my experience i would say that that was informed by very very tight financial circumstances and what our parents were looking for is a route to success which they saw quite rightly through education not through sports um, what we missed i think was all the points that you're making about the fact that team sports uh, organization you know being able to play as part of a team uh, you know being able to part, play a role not just as a leader but as a follower in a team there are a lot of things that team sports teach you um that you know sometimes you have to say that we missed out on can I, can i just add you know a couple of things on this one so i was just watching uh, on netflix a fantastic movie called shabash mithu which is um a biopic about mithali raj you know that's a name that we now know although you know 10 years ago i, I doubt that anyone would ever know it and there are two experiences that are narrated in the movie which you know i have a personal um, sort of experience of one is there's a scene in the movie where the indian cricket team is the women's cricket team is checking in to go play somewhere else um and they're being treated like you know unwanted people with excess baggage and all that stuff and meanwhile the men's cricket team shows up at the, at the airport and they're being treated like absolute heroes i have to say um i was in a queue at at uh, indira gandhi airport in delhi in 2012 where the women's cricket team was checking in to go play a match in west indies and i can completely relate to that experience where they were treated just like unwanted people um and then 5 years later in 2017 when india lost the women's world cup but played incredibly well i was at lords watching that match and it was so um, it, it was a day where you could actually feel proud of what they had achieved 
And there's a statement that um, the character in the movie who plays Mithali Raj makes that uh, the goal for that day was, we always play to win, but the goal for that day was they had to play so well that people wouldn't forget them. And I think this is what we've seen as the evolution of sports in India, that it's not just about a few icons, a few heroes. It's become a bit more of a widespread game. And I think as um, as one of you pointed out, you know, many of the sports stars that are coming out now are coming from very, very modest means. They're not the elite of the past. Uh, but that brings us back to one question. You know, Is it the case that the elite or the urban are not playing sports because they're focused on studies? Or is it also that it's the lack of facilities that's driving them towards that? Because I go back to India and I look at where do the children play? There's no sports ground anywhere in India that in the urban areas. And you know, by comparison, what we are exposed to in the West is an immense amount of sports facilities for us. What do you guys think about that? Um, starting with Vijay, you know, what's your view on facilities? Yeah, I think, uh, first let me just go back to the earlier point we made about uh, sort of people getting inspired to play. I think nothing succeeds like success, Shashi. And uh, when when we have, even in our early days, seen some uh, milestones like winning the World Cup, etc., that has inspired a whole generation of uh, kids to then go on uh, into sports and try to do something big. Uh, I think that that attitude of winning comes also from looking around and seeing other sports people pushing beyond their limits and going and winning medals or winning trophies and stuff like that. And I think that has definitely inspired a whole new generation in India. I do agree that uh, sports facilities play a big role. And I think just making it easy for the child to actually go and do the sport rather than have to do everything else around it. Uh, from personal experience, we were in India from 2012 to 2015. Uh, I was there as an expat from my company. Our entire family moved to Bangalore for three years. Uh, my kids went to international school. They had great facilities. But I saw some really promising young kids coming through uh, in, in various sports like swimming, etc. Uh, parents were very keen to get them, uh, you know, continuously exposed to the sport, get better and better, very milestone driven. But the amount of work it took to get them to the facilities, some kids would spend literally two hours going in, two hours coming back just in a car to get to the facility so that then they could go and actually work out and, and play. So I think those are some of the things that inhibit the desire to, even from the, from the uh, child side, to push through because there's so much extra that needs to happen. And I think that's where I've seen uh, how the system comes together, at least here. Now, we, we are lucky. We live in a, a suburban neighborhood outside, not a very big city. So getting around is never an issue. But everybody sort of pools resources to make it very, very easy for the children to actually access the facilities and spend a major part of their time actually doing the sport rather than all the things around it. So I think that's another piece that plays a strong role in encouraging the child to go, go and pursue the sport or whatever else that's outside academics. Yeah, I think that's that's very much a part of this. Um, Vishwasan, what's your experience? I mean, has, uh, has it become better with sporting facilities or worse compared to your childhood? I think compared to our childhood, the sporting facilities are more. Uh, we have had uh, uh, games organized, including in Delhi, where I live, uh, where international games where you need more facilities and more facilities have been built to serve uh, those events. But having said that, what I have seen is that uh, uh, while facilities absolutely play an important role, 
they are not really missed. In India, they are not really missed. No one here is fretting about them. There is no uh, uh, public discourse on having more sports facilities. Uh, none that I hear of. And uh, uh, if there is no, uh, th there is a lot of fretting about academics. That, you know, the, that that remains the same about how hyper competitive the system has become in terms of, say, getting a college admission. Uh, but uh, uh, if there is no public demand, then there is no uh, uh, a priority for for the budget to allocate any money for it. And and then uh, some people might also question that you know, okay, we don't have very good public health uh, services, why are we spending on sports? So, net-net, I would say that uh, at the end of the day, better facilities since our childhood, but not very, not very uh, uh, available for most people and unfortunately not really a priority either. That's, uh, that, I mean, that rings so true, Vishwas. I mean, our house in Rachi, um, shares a boundary wall with the Ranchi Women's College. And, uh, you know, they don't really have a sports field, but they have, you know, a bit of grass. And I would see girls playing uh, hockey, field hockey, on that grass. Uh, it's not even grass, to be honest. You know, it's basically modern grass. Uh, it's a very uneven ground. Many of the girls, those girls went on to play um, women's hockey for India. And, uh, you know, when you look at what they were, uh, you know, how they started playing and what facilities they had there at the disposal, when they start playing on proper turf, it is a real transition for them. And, you know, you, you have to, uh, you know, you have to sympathize for the disadvantage that they face when they actually start playing on turf. So that's a, you know, that's a real challenge. Um, let me ask Neeraj, would you think of your children, and this is a question to all of you, but would you think of your children as being ready for proper competitive sports? or even to look at sports as a career? And do you know of anyone among your friends who's actually doing that? Yes. And actually, that, that, that is the thing, right? So facility is one thing, but there is, even in the U.S., even in the town, one of the wealthiest towns, you know, around where we live, there's a serious dearth of coaches. So what you're talking about, you know, these girls playing on an open field, it's not that, that there was no place to play for them. I doubt that they had actually a nice coach. Even in our childhood, we had one physical education teacher who knew basketball, but our school offered at least five different more sports. We played volleyball, we played cricket, we played a little bit of field hockey, Coco, Kabaddi, anybody remember those games? But he has no idea how to play those games. So the, the how, how would we play? Hey, there's the field, go out and set it up by yourself. Even the track, we ran 100 meter, 200 meter, 400 meter, but there was literally no coach to even tell us how to take the first stance, how to try to finish, even on volleyball, all these positions and everything. So facility and coach goes side by side. So when we, when my son goes out and plays baseball or plays basketball, they're asking parents to volunteer for as coaches it's mostly volunteering recreational sports and we find out that half the parents that are coaching themselves are very amateur and i'm not dissing on them but it's simply they don't know they themselves have played recreational baseball in their life so they go side by side the facility and coaching now in terms of preparing for professional yes i have a neighbor their son got a baseball scholarship 
I have a cousin who got golf scholarship up in uh, Rensselaer or Rochester, one of those uh, Northeast schools. So there are kids who think of sports as a gateway or as an entry into college and getting education uh, for whatever reason. I, unfortunately, I'm not very privy to how that works, but there are kids that pursue sports, not just to say, hey, have fun, or not to just like uh, build their bodies, but to take it to a point where they want to make it their professional career and maybe get some free education uh, by getting the scholarship. Yeah, I, I would like to take it from there also, uh, Neeraj. I think sports can be a profession. Uh, in fact, there are some very uh, successful sport professionals making good money and doing really well. But I also see that it is a much smaller percentage of people uh, who break through to actually get to a point where it's financially viable. And that's why when we have those conversations at home, there's a question of, okay, what is sports for you, right? And fundamentally for me, sports with my kids has been about physical development and all the other things we talked about, you know, strategy, camaraderie, uh, learning to work in a team learning to push through your own personal limits. Uh, my daughter's in gymnastics. She's had two fractures in two years in a row, and she had to deal with figuring out how to push through that and you know, missing tournaments, getting through the disappointment and saying, I'm going to get back in there and, and keep going. So those are all unique things that come from sports. Uh, but again, there's a few people who will actually go on to make it a profession. Now, Neeraj pointed out something very interesting, which is um, not that uncommon here for for uh, people for kids in high school who are good at sports to go on and get a scholarship in college. And that is a very uh, financially tangible outcome, right? So that gives you another carrot to go after. It's not just, hey, sports, you're going to spend money on it and then it'll be in your in your background. You can actually carry it through into college and maybe beyond, but also it provides you a subsidy on your college tuition, which is pretty pretty heavy here in the U.S. So that's uh, something that even we've been talking about in our home. Uh, my son with rowing, he's looking at colleges where he can row. He wants to continue rowing. We know that uh, getting a scholarship with rowing is not going to be easy, but it's something he's going to explore once he's figured out which schools he's applying to and start talking to the coaches there. And hey, if, if the stars align, there might be some money there. Uh, but I think in the end, uh, we have to also uh, weigh it against what you're going to do for the rest of your life and how you're going to, you know, and, and the academic side sort of in the big scheme of things does win out, but not to say that this is this, all the development that you get from sports is not important. I think it has been amazing for the kids. That's, that's unfortunately the reality of life. Which I mean, there are many more accountants than football players and that's, uh, you know, it's not about to change. I mean, my son plays cricket and football and he was you know, competitive at school level but it's very clear that he's not going to be competitive beyond that. And so, you know, he made his choices accordingly. But interestingly, my nephew, my sister's son, is uh, is a much more serious sports person. Uh, so he started off a triathlon and he now is a long-distance runner. Um, and he's one of those people who actually qualifies for the Boston Marathon, which is you have to qualify and have a minimum sp- minimum time to get there. Um, and his time is good enough to get to, marath- to the Boston Marathon but, you know, part of this is also physical ability and, you know, physical, uh, it's not just about fitness, but also, um, you know, genetics and all that comes into the picture as well. So, you know, he's got a time of about two hours and 30 minutes on the marathon, but the world records are half an hour faster than that. 
and it's literally impossible to close that big a gap after all these years of practice. So I think that's a big part of it as well, and that comes in into the picture with crew and with many other sports as well. Uh, let me ask uh, one question. You know, the we have seen a bit more of a democratization of sports. You know, there are more sports people in um, India now. There are many other sports that are becoming popular, but there are many traditional sports. Um, you know, and Neeraj I think mentioned Koko and Kabaddi, which, despite a bit of effort at marketing and so on, have not really taken off. Uh, but you know, these are the things that we played when we were children. How do we feel about traditional sports not making it? One question, and the second is that when you look at things like the Commonwealth Games or the Olympics, many of the sports that are being played there are sports that are played in the Western world, but are almost impossible to play, uh, and so expensive to play that they wouldn't be played in the developing world. So, what do we think about? You know, is the whole world of sports and money biased towards sports that are played in the West? So let me uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Vijay. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go, go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so let me start with that. Uh, I thought so. I actually I'm a little biased in that way that some of the sports that you know we see at even in Olympics level and even uh, you know Asian Games level, these are the games that are pretty costly for an average family in India. And that's why earlier I was mentioning rural sports versus urban sports, right? Uh, even for me, you know, just playing cricket. It, it wasn't really costly game. As a child, we were probably giving 10 rupees to get some uh, rubber balls and then we'll tape it up and or tennis balls were kind of not that common back then. And 10 rupees was a big amount. It wasn't a small amount, even for me as a child. Now, when we have uh, my son playing baseball, uh, it's not a very expensive sport, but you still end up dropping uh, between fees and the new stuff, it's close to $300, $400. Not super expensive, but it's it's still expensive for some families. Now, coming to traditional games, if you think of Coco and Kabaddi, what do you actually need? I've seen kids play barefoot. There's no uniform. There's no high-end sneakers. There's no T-shirt or anything. Those games can be easily played at that level, right, without, without any investment. Even for running, people see track shoes. We all remember golden shoes back in Olympics, how big of talk that was, Nike sponsoring shoes and all that, right? So there is definitely a bias in these competitive sporting events where the sports are not only expensive to play, but to even continue. Um, in terms of some of the sports that we played as a child, it did not require much money. Basketball required one ball that somebody in our friends had it and a ring volleyball pretty much same thing and sometimes we didn't even play volleyball with two teams we played one team against the wall so there were all other ways to uh, kind of uh, add to our uh, sporting experience but when i look at uh, olympics i look at these things i totally see that bias and maybe it's because of my own personal experience and i've not really put more thought to it other than you know say hey there's no way i can you know even though i'm doing financially well, that there's no way I can sustain golf, time-wise, money-wise. So so I, I do see that, Shashi. Yeah, and adding, adding to that, uh, Neeraj, I think it's not really a bias as much as, hey, the people who came up with the Olympics or that whole system of games, they included things that they were familiar with, and that then went 
more and more international. And that's the status quo that we live with today. So uh, I think that's just an outcome of history. But history can be made, right? So uh, it, cricket is a great example, I think, where, um, you know, <laughs> India was, I, I read an article recently where uh, it was mentioned that uh, places like England wanted India to tour once in 20 years because that was the sort of, uh, I guess, audience they could garner up every 20 years. Uh, but look at where India is with cricket now and how they're dictating terms. It's really a matter of uh, what is it that the uh, people who are watching put value on, what are they willing to pay for it, and how how uh, popular it is. So I think that bias for Western sports can be changed towards the sports that people in India care about as long as the access is provided to the sports people, uh, the marketing is done, the investment is made. Just Kabaddi, I remember when I was in India, they had started this Kabaddi League, very similar to the Indian Premier League for cricket. And it was really exciting to watch on TV. I thought that was really well done. Uh, I could actually just sit and watch that like I watch cricket because of all the, uh, I guess, just the way they marketed it and how the games were played and all the uniforms. And there was a real level of excitement watching those games. Uh, So I think that investment in the sports that the local population cares about and then growing that over time can create outcomes then and you know maybe 50 years from now the sports scene might look quite different and Kabaddi might actually be on the international scene uh, or at least in terms of number of people in the world playing it might start exceeding many of the other sports that we take for granted. That's a good point uh, Vijay. Vishwas what do you hear in, in terms of chatter? I know that in India um, you know cricket sucks the life out of every other sport but what do you hear in terms of chatter about other sports and especially traditional sports and is that the real excitement that the Kabaddi League created? Uh, is that sustainable? So uh, the, uh, the, the question comes back to what we were sort of touching upon earlier. You know, what is the purpose of sports? Uh, in India, the chatter keeps moving around sports being restricted to productive recreation. Uh, it is absolutely important. It is part of uh, should be a part of, must be a part of a, 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 a child's uh, childhood. And uh, uh, it comes with a ton of benefits. But uh, it's just that, productive recreation, and it is not really seen as anything more than that. And and I think a lot of uh, what we have been discussing, including the, the traction that... Uh, uh, traditional Indian sports do not get outside of of India stems from uh, the sports not getting the same kind of discipline uh, that we have uh, had uh, Vijay explain for for what is happening in use. So uh, it it really comes back to that question. Uh, Look, you know, it's great to see how things are developing. It's great to see that, you know, we as parents and especially those of us uh, who have access to better facilities and all that are taking a bit more interest in sports and with our children and all that. But I think it's also interesting to see how sports is becoming a bit more democratic in India. And, uh, you know, children from very, very modest backgrounds are coming in. Even the Indian cricket team has, has uh, you know, young men and young, young women from incredibly modest backgrounds who are making it um, to huge success and are becoming role models for other people. And, you know, long may this continue. Um, the fact that they are getting the prominence and the um, and the support that they need 
is a good thing. What we don't know is the very difficult journeys that they've had to make to to get there. But hey, guys, look, this has been fantastic. Um, you know, it's been it's been good talking about sports. Um, please do carry on encouraging, and for all of our listeners as well, please do carry on encouraging youngsters to take part in sports. Uh, fitness and health is going to become a bigger and bigger issue as people live longer, and the more fit and healthy people can live, um, the better off everyone is. Thank you, everyone, um, and we'll see you again next week.